Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests bring you leading-edge astrology conversations through a journey of soul growth patterns connecting astrology's energetic cycles. Get ready to understand your path in the cosmic roots of the stars. Hello, everybody. Today is... June 11th, and it is Talk Cosmos with Conversations Awakening Your Consciousness. And we have a wonderful subject for our Gemini New Moon, which is Brave New Worlds. It will be on the 18th and the 17th, depending. We'll go through all those details. So let's just get to it. We're ready now for Archetypal Symbols. Synthesizing the current archetypal new moon energies through weaving symbol systems, such as Sabian symbols, numerology, Mayan novel energy days, or even tarot, connecting to the astrological data and concepts for planets and cosmos, this is your Archetypal Symbols panel. I'm Sue Rose Minahan, the founder of Talk Cosmos, an electric evolutionary astrologer, consultant, certified color energy life coach, vice president of the Washington State Astrological Association, member of Kepler Astrology Toastmaster Club, of a Dwarf Planet University diploma and AA with music degree. I love mythology, philosophizing, collaboration. I'm an artist, writer, a perpetual student of life. I'm Elizabeth Liz Machette, a professional astrologer, intuitive, numerologist, and tarot reader. I'm a certified sacred healing counselor, providing nurturing, in-depth consultations for individuals and couples. I'm an author, blogger, speaker, and international Reiki master and teacher. I create safe space in which to explore the deeper patterns of your life to clarify your current circumstances and help you find your best path forward. And I'm Justin Crockett-Elsey, an archetypal astrologer, teacher, and author. I combine both Western ancient astrology and modern psychological astrology with Eastern Vedic astrology. And I specialize in predictive, electional, and karmic astrology for individuals and couples. I'm a certified aromatherapist, an essential oil specialist, and an herbalist. And I offer remedial modalities of plants for psychological life issues to empower clients with compassionate healing. I also do in-depth astrological research into arcane astrological concepts, focusing on the mystical, occult side of astrology. Eleanor Roosevelt once said, Yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, and And today today is a a gift. gift. And And that's that's why it's called the present. I always love that. I know I tell you that every single time, but it is... Here we are, and yet we're always talking about something in the future. Hello, Liz. Hello, Justin. Thank you for being here. It's always a treat. Well, it's great to be back. Yes, definitely. Yes. So perhaps we should just jump in with those slides. Yes, indeed. Because it is going to be, again, rather late in the archetype on the third decan, as they say, that's from 20 to 30 degrees, right at 26 degrees. And in fact, if we round it off, it's 27. And here we are for 
individuals that are on YouTube with Liz's A Light Path is her website and Justin's is his name, Justin Crockett Elsie, although it's being worked on and will be prepared next later. So just email him. And we have that uh, Elsie no, at Gmail. Okay. And I'm Talk Cosmos, of course. So here we are. Perhaps we should just dive right in with the numerology. Liz, what do you have to say? Well, we use the degree of the sun and moon at 26 degrees and 2 plus 6 equals 8. Um, so 8 is the infinity symbol if you turn the 8 on its side. Oh, I um, like that. <laughs> it's yeah. about abundance and hard work paying off, spirituality, achievement, prosperity, determination, and responsible or responsibility. Now, I am a number eight. I know that if just in numerology, which is fascinating, you know, with vibrations, everything's numbers. I was next week, we have good vibrations with Linda Barry telling about the theme for the from the summer solstice on. And I was looking at quotes and the mathematicians, whether it's Pythagoras or Tulsa, Einstein, they all say numbers and vibrations. So adding up my date that I was born and the year, it's a number eight, but there's many other numbers. But here for a new moon with the sun and the moon, that really, what? how would we say that? Justin, maybe two? Well, with- you know, that two and that six, we can break it down. The two relates to relationships, partnerships, and six re- uh, re- relates to responsibility, Work, health—they're sort of this, this loyal, loyal, responsible energy that comes through the twenty-six. And I've noticed in my own work, and I know that Liz is master numerologist as well. There, that a lot of times two-six when it's in a personality is a person that's loyal in relationships, and there's a need to be of service in relationships. Sort of that Virgo energy that we mm-hmm. we come about. And eight being, of course, adding up to eight, which is about manifesting. Eight is the number of money in Chinese astrology and is is a power, power thing. Well, it's very interesting because it could have been three and five or one and seven, which is all in, you know, with numerology. I know there's books and it's that small incremental part. So here's service and partnerships, connections, you might say. That's mm-hmm. That's part, part of it, yeah. Liz, do you have something more, or shall I go to the next? Yeah, the six to me also is about family, too. And, you know, you were mentioning the different ways to come up with an eight. Well, if you just have eight, plain and simple, it's, you know, that energy. But then adding the two and six, it just kind of adds an extra energy to that. And I find that number eights, oftentimes there's this... um, lucky part to them or that things come to them unexpectedly, but in a good way. I wonder if that really gets down to the whole idea of manifestation, because if you're ambitious, want achievement, you have to learn that what you give is what you get. And so having the highest and feeling the closest to what you're wanting to obtain gravitates that, you know, it's like an energy attraction. Right. So, you know, and, okay. and for those people mm-hmm. who wonder why, why we're talking about numerology is because and why, how it works is that, you know, back way back when ancient civilizations realized that 
numbers measure vibration, frequency, and sound, and that's how we get, you know, how we get the uh, how they assign numbers uh, to letters in the Bible, the biblical code, right? And so uh, that's why numerology works, you know. Yes, and thank you, because that brings it full circle. As I was saying, next week we have good vibrations, which is vibrational astrology, and it totally works. David Cochran on the idea who founded that, that everything is vibration, and there's all these little incremental parts. It's a whole other process. So, yes, numerology counts, doesn't it? Thank you. I'm so glad you're both interested and knowledgeable to add this depth to it. Tarot's another common facet that is a window into looking at what the meaningfulness is. And for Gemini, it's the lovers, which is the number six. So isn't that interesting? It goes right back to just that little subtlety of family, or you might say, or the, I'm just thinking of the numbers. Relationships there. Yes. And I like what you've put down here. It's often referred Mm -hmm. to as two paths. And, you know, it could be the high road or the low road, but it doesn't really matter which road you take because they both go to the same place. Hmm. Um, And so sometimes it could be, do you want the fastest way or the scenic route? I mean, (laughs) so it's not in a negative way, the higher, the low road. I was going to say all roads lead to Rome. Thank you. I was, (laughs) that was burning to say that. Thank you so much. (laughs) Plus you take the high road and I'll take the low you know, it's like all these ways. It's right. All roads lead to Rome. Yeah. And there's but, choice. Mm-hmm. And it is about relationships, too. I mean, it can be romantic relationships. Yes. Not necess- not lovers in the sense, yes, it, it is. But yet it's also that broad sense of relationships. And I suppose whatever we love, we have a relationship with. Yes. Mm-hmm. Ideally. Right. Yeah, And to release one thing to gain something else. So it could be um, if you're getting married, you have to release being single to, and now you're married. So it's is, is it a bad thing? No, it just is. So, <laughs> Or and conversely, that is very interesting. Having a Libra moon here, I never thought of it that way. I thought it more of a complimentary. But I have learned that through marriage, you can find yourself. Because if you stay long enough, you have to go your own route a little bit more than maybe you would have. I mean, there's that side of it too. <laughs> the prisms. Justin, did you have a word? No, no, we... I think Liz, you and Liz covered it definitely there. Yeah, I do love all the pictures that are available with the many ways. The picture on the right for people is the traditional weight. Um, uh, the Rider Weight Smith deck. Rider Weight Smith deck, yes. But the one on the left is a new concept that gets shared and many others too. So again, it shows that relationship. Of course, the sun and the moon is paramount with our world. Yes. (laughs) Well, the Sabian symbols, this is another mystical analogies, metaphors, imageries created originally. Well, yes, I believe so with Elsie Wheeler 1925, it's going on 100 years, with the astrologer Mark with a C, Edmund with a U, Jones, because we do have our wonderful 
um, UK, England, current astrologer named Mark Jones, who works so closely with um, the nodes and psychological astrology. But here, a single Sabian symbol, symbol image represents a spiritual essence for each and every 360 degrees of the entire 12 sign zodiac horoscope. Always announce that we may have new people because we do review that. And there's many interpretations, but I think we all agree that Dane Rujhar really has a great focus. Yes, and there's other books and authors that have done quite a bit of work on the Sapien symbols, and mm -hmm. they all add, um, you know, their little interpretation, which is really cool sometimes to compare the different ones. But um, for us, we're using the root jars for the yes. show. And, I, and, and you can. Mm -hmm. I was, I was, excuse me. I was just going to say, and this kind of takes us back full circle, what we're talking about vibration frequency, that each of the degrees within the sky has a particular degree uh, frequency or vibration to it, each of the degrees. And this is why we can uh, separate them out into archetypal symbols. Good point. I will share two. There's two ways. Well, there's several ways to get Dane Ruchar's book. Astrology University has it online. And he's. they are also publishing, republishing his book. And you can also search for it. And it's, I think, Mindset. But the mandala is Dane Ruchar's book. So today we're looking at this 26 degree and 43 minute Gemini new moon on the 18th in the East Coast on the 18th of June at just after midnight, 37 minutes after midnight on the West Coast. It's going to be on the 17th at 9.37 p.m. But this represents the United States and Canada because they're capital is also in the eastern time zone so i add that mexico's is not mexico's is in the central i believe central time zone so here we are and i think with sabians i'm learning we always begin at the ascendant yes yep we're going to start the ascendant at 10 degrees and 47 minutes of pisces yeah and in Sabians, it's a picture book. This is how we're presenting it. Linda Hill, another astrologer in Australia who presents wonderful material on this, presents the karmic one, which is beforehand, the Sabian, which is the one. Anyway, there's three of them. And then the destiny, which goes afterwards. Well, and I use it as leading up to the first degree and then the degree that it's at the now and then the next degree is where we're headed or where it's headed to. Yep. I, I'll i start asking you. I like that. <laughs> yep. that very much. Liz always describes it really well. <laughs> yeah. So we'll start for where we came from with Pisces 9. A jockey spurs his horse intent on outdistancing his rivals. The keynote is intense mobilization of energy and skill, 
and the drive for success in any social performance affected by the competitive spirit. Self-quickening may be the key word. Hmm. Pisces 10, which is what the Ascendant actually is. So the, an aviator pursues his journey, flying through ground-obscuring clouds. And the keynote on this is man's ability, man's people's, I always go man, humanity's ability to develop powers and skills, which by transcending natural limitations, allow one to operate in mental, spiritual realms. Hmm. So allow to operate in mental, spiritual realms. And the keyword is mastery. Thank you. Yeah, And then Pisces 11 is... Humanity, traveling a narrow path, or people traveling a narrow path, seeking illumination. Keynote is the capacity inherent in every individual to seek at whatever cost entrance to a transcendent realm of reality. And so the key word here is walk on. Gee, what a powerful ascendant. I'm really in awe because Pisces is that last degree of connected to the wild unknown, yes? Yeah. Yeah, it reminds me of moving forward in life, you know, having a map or a path to follow. And then even though the path is narrow, just keep going. And, you know, I, I think about this also, you know, that, that Pisces 11 degree is it deals with transcendent reality. You know, we, 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 we know about sort of the archetype of the, the spiritual the dreams, the unconsciousness, that because Pisces rules the 12th house in the chart. So it, it, it kind of brings to me that mysticism of the Pisces here as it tries to seek out truth and illumination and, and a transcend, transcendent reality, you know. It's very powerful because that's what we're doing is learning this new experience for, let's say, the large batch of humanity. We're all a huge spectrum, but it's a natural part of us. And some people more in tune with listening to what you could say is the invisible. You know, it, it's, well, what isn't invisible really in some ways, if you consider the fact that anything that's, that appears to be material is actually made up mostly of space. Anyway, according to science, right? Little atoms are huge distances apart from each other. Little right. new, neutrons and nucleus and the protons and electrons whirling around. Okay, here we have this chart. Oh, I, I went backwards. Let's see, what did we do? That's the ascendant. Yeah, now the, the midheaven at 19 degrees Sagittarius. You're there. Okay. You got it. You got it. All right. Yeah, so that's 19 and 19 minutes, and it's heading towards the north. It's northeast. The, I'm realizing, if you see, it's tilted over, so it's actually, hmm, I'll skip that astronomy part. Okay, here we are. I'll begin. 18 degrees Sagittarius is just before. Children playing on the beach, their heads protected by sunbonnets. And the keynote the protection society affords to as yet immature individuals as they begin to deal with the powerful energies of their unconscious nature. And the key word is protectiveness. Oh, that's right. So the 
sunbonnets are helping protect them from being overexposed. Liz? <laughs> okay, 19 Sagittarius. Pelicans menaced by the behavior and refuse of men seek safer areas for bringing up their young. The keynote is the need for people concerned with the future to discover a new way of living and more wholesome surroundings. And the key word is survival. And continuing with that theme of survival, we have the 20 degree Sagittarius is in an old fashioned northern village. Men cut the ice of a frozen pond for use during the summer. The keynote is the four sided use of natural resources to supply future needs. Keyword is assuring supply. This is in strong contrast to the ascended. It, it relates, but not necessarily. It seems like, and maybe we'll, and we will see this in the chart where this is emphasis with the material. Pluto just returned to Capricorn. So we're really working with the material once again, how to reconstruct it or what we may have missed and the opportunities or well, the you wisdom. Know, you know, what mm -hmm. this kind of reminds me of conceptually, because we know that ascended is how we're moving forward in the world at this particular period of time. And to me, it's almost like the the why, the why, and then the midheaven and where we're trying to ultimately go to is the how. So as we go through this period of that mm -hmm. self-quickening of energy, as we get into the spring, and this kind of way I can kind of conceptualize it. We kind of, that quickening of the spring, we want to, that jockey, you know, the quickening of energy. But as we're moving forward, we want to make sure we're, we have all our resources, we're, we're protected, we have survival techniques here. We, we're being the alchemist with our resources to make sure that we have assured supply as we move towards that self-quickening and, and journeying. And that's kind of how I my, my, I love my this. Gemini and mind conceptualizes that the, the, the why and the how. I appreciate that so much, Justin, because it does link it together. If we're regrouping it collectively on a broad scale, this ability to, to garner how to work with the universe on an individual basis in order to achieve what we want to produce out in the world, what a glorious assistance it works in tandem, and it reconstructs really how we think of the material. I, I support that. Liz will be back in a moment. I know she must have just lost energy. I hope it's not throughout the whole show, but wow. we'll find out. Yeah. Well, we'll go to the next, which is the new moon itself at 26 degrees and 43 minutes. And in this chart, it's in the fourth house of our foundation. Mm -hmm. All right. And I'll read the first and you can read okay. the second too. 25 degrees Gemini. This is prior to the 26 degrees for those folks listening. A gardener trimming large palm trees. Keynote, bringing under control nature's power of expansion. And the key word is pruning. And 26, which it is at this moment, frost-covered trees against winter skies. The keynote, the revelation of archetypal form and essential rhythm of existence. And the keyword is 
essentialization, which is so true about Capric I mean, Saturn. It's just that essential energy. Although I know it's not, this is Gemini, but still it's in the chart. It's an important right. validation. Go ahead. And then the 27 degrees Gemini is a gypsy emerging from the forest wherein her tribe is encamped. And the key word is reaching out toward participation in a larger whole of mind-structured existence. The key word is repolarization. So now, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Well, there is. Should we wait till the last one? Because sure. Liz added. Uh, okay. Go ahead and, whoops, what did I do? Go ahead, Justin. Yeah, you so the. comment. Well, I, uh, uh, the, as we look at the Gemini is a mercurial sign. It deals with the mind. Whenever I see this 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 aspect of this degree in Gemini, where it's um, dealing with pruning, and we're oh, there's Liz. She's back. <laughs> I know. Hey. All right, Liz. We're on the sun moon. We're Go on ahead. the sun and moon. So we just read through twenty five and twenty seven. Liz, and then so we want to go ahead to twenty eight there, Sue. No, go ahead and comment, and then we can catch up with Liz. I mean, she knows all this, so go ahead. Please. Yeah, no, uh, I was, I was just, waiting. I was just going to mention Liz that we were talking about sort of this is uh, very mercurial, this Gemini here, and in in my experience that the pruning can relate to the pruning of thoughts. Um, and, 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 and kind of how we are going through some type of, of, um, uh, of, of, uh, repolarization of our thoughts and our communications and, and kind of restructuring and kind of, I always say clearing out the hard drive when I, when I think of pruning the, the, you know, letting go of something so you can uh, make room for new, new information coming in. Perfect. What do you think, Liz, there? Well, yeah, pruning can be like, you know, cleaning out the flower bed or cleaning out your closet, it can, you know, making room for other things or just making more space. So I, I like how you said that. That's great. It can be really old files on your computer. It's mm -hmm. all this distracting uh, thoughts, being a card holding Gemini here, that's just distracting you. And I love this tie back to what we had said about the ascendant also um, purifying, or it wasn't purifying, but it's really true. Isn't this a beautiful system? I'm waiting now for the fourth one that Liz did, but really it's a matter of pruning and finding out what's essential and then reconstructing what you get without all the clutter. Okay, mm -hmm. let's see, 28 degrees. Go ahead, Liz. Let's have it. Through bankruptcy, society gives to an overburdened individual the opportunity to begin again. Keynote a release from unbearable pressure, freeing one for new tasks, compassion and liberation from the past. Oh, perfect. So a new world, a new new opportunity. Yes. Brave new <laughs> worlds. Oh, I forgot to tell people. That's maybe I didn't. But really, all in all, that's where we're headed, brave new worlds. Yeah, you well, know, like, go ahead, go, go ahead. ahead. No, you go ahead, Liz. Well, I was going to jump somewhere else, so you go first. Okay, okay. I was just going to say, you know, 
I was thinking of, and I'm sure you two are, have have clients in the last last you know few weeks about this. I think a lot of people are kind of going through a lot of, you know, pressures and and a lot of stuff going on right now, and 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 that pruning or that people saying, okay, I need to evaluate some things right now in my life. You know, do I need to be dealing with this? And I'm going to let it go. Let's just prune it off. You know. Um, so it's, I'm starting to see that a little bit in friends and families lives right now, you know? Absolutely. And I really go back to Pluto. It just went retrograde. And I know that just ahead of this is going to be Saturn, but it is that returning of, of what's living and what's not. Liz, what were you going to add? Well, the ascendant is talking about keep moving forward in, in a nutshell. And the midheaven is, to me, breaking it down is, you know, we need to have shelter, food, and clothing. And then basically the sun and moon is saying, okay, we're moving forward. Clean out the the dross, basically, and begin again. It's like, just keep going. So there's, you know, Brave New Worlds was a great tag tagline for this. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. an intuitive hit, actually. And again, I think what Justin was mentioning, just before you came on, which ties together what you were just adding here also, Liz, is that this sense of using the mystical and the, quote, uh, those parts of ourselves, those those mystical, strong in, um, parts that we think of as spiritually connected, is a new sense of using how we manifest the exterior and so this too, by cluttering out what wasn't working, it's, it's I personally, I think the puzzle's getting beautifully laid out for a Gemini new moon. Yeah, Liz, I like how you just kind of summarized it all there and how you brought it back to the brave new world. I liked how you said that, Liz. That yeah. really cool. Thank you. And it's time for a break. Okay, well, I will say just before we go, and I and I and we are, in fact, we're a minute over, just to remind people that on the 18th at 4:37 a.m., it's going to be in Greenwich, which is the world point in England. But an hour later, because it is summer for uh, British summertime, it's going to be at 5:37 a.m. And he, here on this continent in the United um, North America, it's going to be just after midnight on the 18th. But because we go backwards on the West Coast and Hawaii, it's going to be in the evening on the 17th. That's at 9.37 p.m. for Pacific Daylight Time and Arizona. That never changes. And then here in Hawaii, it's going to be 6.37 p.m. Hawaii Standard Time on the 17th. Okay, we are ready now. Archetypal symbols with Justin Crockett Elsie, Elizabeth Muschette, and myself, Sue Rose Minahan. We'll be back about this wonderful Gemini new moon happening in a week. While we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the period of Gemini. By leaving a cycle based on physical form, integrated through spirit, the energy of Gemini connects spirit with matter, focused on communicating and defining the external. Gemini is a mutable air sign signifying flexibility. Gemini duly focuses upon teaching and learning in order to synthesize 
the world one lives within. This is Martha Norwalk, every Sunday morning beginning at 9 a.m. Thanks in part to the Ananda Institute of Living Yoga, we cover the world of animals. This week, June 18th, it's Behavior Training and Healing Sunday with me and talk with your animals or human loved ones on this side or the other, feng shui and personal awareness coaching with Natasha Venter. Hope you can join us and plan to call in with your questions for either one of us or a personal reading with Natasha. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Talk Cosmos brings you leading-edge astrological conversations with hour-long programs each week on KKNW. The show goes live every Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific. Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on Facebook and YouTube, along with daily chats throughout the week on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel. While you're there, make sure you click like and subscribe buttons so you can get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or, if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. So, grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha and enjoy the show. Alternative Talk 1150. It's good for what ails you. This statement has not been evaluated by the FDA. (laughs) Okay, we are back again. This is Archival Symbols for the Gemini New Moon starting on the 17th and 18th. And that'll be late Gemini, 26 degrees. Justin, I know we always do it here, just a brief announcements of what's coming up for each of us. And I know that you have a special new activity called Ask an Astrologer. So tell us briefly about that. It's called Ask the uh, the Astrologer. Well, I, I, you know, I've saw, and you all have dealt with this too, a lot of people have a lot of astrology questions. And, and so I'm starting a new kind of discussion group. Uh, once a month is a Zoom Zoom uh, discussion and teaching group on astrology, and it's called Ask the Astrologer. It's not for personal readings, but so that people cannot. But you can bring your chart, and we we ask questions about it, and and uh, you learn a little bit about astrology. So it's called Ask the Astrologer, and if people are interested, they can just email me. Also, like you and Liz do as well, I do private consultations. So. Okay, and your email address, please, quickly. Is justin.lz at gmail.com. And that's E-L-Z-I-E. Okay, yes. and yes. you can also get on his um, newsletter, and there's good information about that. Liz, do you have an upcoming event? I know you do consultations, but... I'm, do I'm doing it? consultations and working on classes to start in the fall over Zoom, and then kind of talking with you, Sue, about doing a couple of exciting things. So look forward to seeing the announcement in the Talk Cosmos newsletter. Yes, indeed. In fact, we've been talking about a Patreon uh, excitement going on between the three of us. And so we're things are working and stewing. It's Brave New Worlds, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and I know I've just beginning to announce more of my own consultations and there'll be a summer special, but you'll learn about that too. In the meantime, we have lots of good panelists coming. Of course, Archetypal Symbols is every second Sunday. And now that we're in the next half year, the new moon's going to be a week within that time period. So it's a good time to get energized because new moons are that moment that you can seed new 
realizations, manifestations, focus, intention. Everything in life is intention. Connecting our feelings to our intentions. We know this. We learn this. So let's go on. We'll go back to our chart, our slides rather. And oh, well, Gemini is the air element, isn't it? Connective. Look at those birds managing to navigate the world. Communication. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Gemini, mental communication. There's the twins. It's that seed consciousness. Mutable, changes around because air, it, everything's in the air. Air goes in the water. Air goes in the soil. It doesn't go into fire, but it sure helps fire burn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, fire needs oxygen. Yeah. It does. And gathers information. That's what you were just in talking about, the pruning and Liz. You know, it's it's time to also realize what we gather. How big is our net? Can we carry it all? But it's brave new worlds because if it unifies our thought with our emotions, you know, it's happening just before the solstice on the 21st. Well, there are astrological highlights and I don't know if we want to discuss these now because we'll show the chart, but there's a lot of action. T-squares are our language for saying there's action in, in, between these archetypal energies. And there's a few of them. And then plus the fact that Saturn just on this event on the 17th is going to appear to retrace its steps and have us rethinking and but also the moon is out of bounds which yeah, is there's always so much going on it is a new moon but then there's all this other energy also so yes. it's not just a one hit wonder <laughs> so it might seem very personal wouldn't it seem it'll yeah. seem like this is my story and how am i recreating my story Right. So well, with the two T squares mm -hmm. to me, there's a lot of adjustment that perhaps needs to take place. And since there's two of them, uh, you know, we could be feeling like we're kind of pulled in different directions. And it's like, you know, one moment we might want to go left. And then the next minute it's like, well, wait, I, I need to be over here and do this. And so I would say be patient with yourself while these T squares are activating. And especially with two of them, um, you know, may ask us to do an awful lot of change or adjustment. And we will be feeling, we'll be sensitive. That's right. About how our memories and how we're think, feeling. And because the moon will be on its own path. It's out of the alignment of, of where the sun's at because of this out of bounds. That's what it means. And right, just so that adds another energy to the, the moon yeah. out of bounds. Yeah. Well, and I was going to mention the first T-squared. It really kind of jumped out with me because um, it is um, a, um, a faster, I guess you could say a faster-moving T-square uh, than the, the second one, which is, oh, you just switched the screen. <laughs> no, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I thought okay. I'd have the chart. No, that's, that's okay. That's all. So go the ahead. first T-square, which is uh, the, the sun and moon are squaring series. In, in Virgo, which in, in, in the, the USA chart there is in the seventh house of relationship. And then, of course, uh, that's 
being completed by Neptune, which kind of represents the collective, and it's in Pisces in the first house. So it it kind of brought to mind there's this Gemini and then is mixing with this Virgo Piscean energy. So it's definitely brings back to the theme of the of what we saw before is about some relationships and partnerships and communications stuff that's going to be sort of more of a focus. That's what I kind of see in that T-square that has to be evaluated or, as we say with squares, has to be kind of restructured a little bit. Yeah. And that T-square is mutable, so it's move, there's a movement with it, um, you know, to finish up some things and then, you know, um, change would also kind of go along with that too. So it's really reinforcing the change and the adjustments that are being asked of us and the world to take place. And I suppose really opportunity, listening to you both, recognizing opportunity sits at every moment is that choice of, of grabbing it because that energy looking at Jupiter, the, the big planet that touches and makes everything big expansive is in the death, in the direction that we're all headed. And so it's really a matter of making lemonade out of lemons and working on the path. These are some more astrological insights. And I don't really know, it's always a juggle here to present them or the chart, but we can talk about it a little bit here, I suppose, because what you were talking about, Justin, it will become more evident. I think that's it. Everything we're saying is going to get replicated a little bit more with what we're saying because these planets are really connecting with each other. And the the two planets that are in tension, wanting activation, that are are also in a in a what we call a sextile, meaning they're in a flowing, not a flowing, but they want harmonious. They want something harmonious to work out between them. And it's, they're big energies. One is Pluto, the transformational empire. And the other is Neptune of worlds beyond us. And so while they're navigating their own terrain, they're also trying to work together. So it's... Uh, they're friends right now and help trying to help each other out. So, <laughs> yeah. So staying on land is probably a good thing as it's water and, and, and the sky or water, water and earth. Well, anyway, I'm getting lost in here we go. Yeah. So um, you were just talking about the Pluto and the 11th house sextile to Neptune in the first house and they're working together. And then, um, Venus and Mars are conjunct in their sextile to Mercury. So communication and relationships. Um, and we're in the Gemini season of communication too. So it's really wanting us to communicate, um, I believe, to to move forward. It's like, don't hold things in. It's like, we need to discuss it, but it doesn't have to be a fight. Let's Let's, you know, keep our feet grounded and talk about things to move forward. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I I agree. I was just I was just sort of looking at that, um, you know. And there's something that we haven't really kind of brought up either here a little bit, but is sort of also playing a role here is this Jupiter that's 
recently moved into Taurus, and and now it is um, conjuncting the North Node in Taurus, and and so this is sort of the outlier there. I guess you could say it's affecting everything. Jupiter is bringing growth and expansion and intensifying that need to be a little bit more uh, concerned about our resources, our valuables, the Taurus, Taurus themes in our life. And so it's actually auspicious, I, I think, you know, Jupiter's an auspicious planet of good fortune and growth. So I think that's a very positive thing in the chart. There are so many pathways leading us forward to this brave new world that it is astounding. I remember just last year, it seemed that there were countless energies and the year, be- and that was 2022. And in 2021, I mean, we've had Pluto, we've had, I mean, connecting to the United States chart, but there's so many other things that that are really operating. Yeah, and I was going to say one more thing about that, Jupiter, just for people who are new to astrology, it's a 12-year cycle and actually associated, of course, as we know, with the Chinese uh, Chinese astrology calendar. They based on the 12-year cycle of Jupiter, but that if people have their natal Jupiter, in Taurus, they're having a Jupiter return in their life right now. I'm coming across a lot of people right now with that. And that's mm-hmm. actually a time of growth right now for them. So, Yeah. Well, and I, Jupiter I, and Neptune are the chart ruler of, you know, Pisces. So yeah. that even puts a little more emphasis on that. Absolutely, they do. <laughs> and that's it. There's these interconnections. I mean, if we just speak purely astrology it's it's pretty incredible for instance though just leaping out also another strong indication here is sedna it's a dwarf planet it's the furthest outside of our orbit it takes an extraordinary 11,400 years for a complete orbit so the last time you could say was during the ice age at the end of the ice age so all of this time, and it's so elliptical that it stays in both Sagittarius and Scorpio for a thousand years. And the last time it was in Scorpio was during the Egyptian uh, height of its, its in BC with its all of its um, culture and history. But now it's just left as of the 15th of, well, today is the 11th. So it's not quite. In four days, on the 15th, it leaves Taurus of form that's been in for 42 years. So some of us have it in Taurus and some of us have it in Aries. I have it in Aries. But it's going to, and it was in 100 years in Aries. So that begins to show you this elliptical pattern but it will be in gemini for 42 years starting as of the 15th so on this new moon it is in gemini which is really a a lot of air a lot of air folks (laughs) (laughs) it's our it's our soul's destiny and it isn't something that's abracadabra like mars on your or the moon it's more of a of a climate that we find ourselves propelled in this direction. And what is it? It's going to be thought and communication. At any rate, it is one of the backbones of this energy that we're heading towards. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. 
Yeah. And then the other thing I wanted to mention also is that Venus and Mars are square to um, Uranus. So there could be change in relationships, um, you know, improve on a relationship, um, new relationships coming in, new ideas. So it's like really exciting all this new stuff coming in or improvements as we make adjustments and move forward. Right. And you know that that uh, Venus and Mars being in um, in Leo right now in a fire sign, and it's a very creative energy. And as you pointed out, Liz is squaring Uranus and and Taurus, which rules is you know we're seeing with that a lot of people that are having change in their resources. So in some some people's lives, this could play out right now with if they want to do something creative, they need to pay attention to. Or, or, and we'll have greater opportunity for finding resources for any creative stuff they want to do right now. But it's it brings in the change of resources when it relates to that that creative uh, direction and desire. You know, it's very important because we're still the nodes, the lunar nodes are just departing their cycle of 18 months on July 17th, they will be entering into, they go backwards and they'll be in Aries and as a North node and the South node will be Libra. Kay Taylor of president of OPA will be giving us talk with me on the 16th of April or not April, <laughs> July, thank you, uh, about this. But here it's still in the north node of Taurus, which looks to Venus. Venus and Mars are going to be so pivotal like they are now. Mars being a co-ruler with Scorpio, they're going to be switching. But here what you're telling us, both of you, is that this creative energy of their union you know, they're in orb together, these, the, the, the directions and what we're attracted with through these archetypal forms are motivating our directions and with Jupiter, but hey, I'm trying to get my conversation over there to Pluto, which <laughs> is way over there in the 11th house. And it just went into Capricorn and will stay there all through the year until January 21st, and it's going to touch right back to the United States, Pluto again, which we did five times last year, but it's going to be one last time. Won't be exact, exact, but close enough for jazz, as they say. And right now, Pluto is in tension with our past and our present of the lunar nodes. So when you're talking, both of you, when I listen and hear your wonderful reminder about us reformulating our perhaps values of how we're going to be creative. Yes, because Pluto is asking us, it's all synergetic, trying to get our, a new approach to how do we look at the material? Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, Pluto, it's like the last time we're just in that last phase of for like 250 years, it won't come back to Capricorn again. So you know, we're just finishing up that phase. Yeah. I added this. Trees give oxygen because I thought, okay, there's air. But you know what? How do we get the air? We get it from the 
chlorophyll, you know, all the plants, whether it's algae or the rainforest or anything, giving up their carbon dioxide for oxygen. Let's remember, I'm going to put this in earlier from now on, Justin, but the lunar mansions, because this ties back into what you were talking about with relationships and for the chakra. So I'll let you speak about this in the next one. Yeah. So the, in, in, um, um, whether it's in Western astrology or Eastern astrology, there's where we look at the constellations behind the constellations. And these are what are called the lunar mansions or nashakras. And for this particular one, for the, the sun and moon in Gemini, it's in a nashakra portion of the sky. And every nashakra is broken down into four potas. So this is why uh, two different people with the same moon sign, let's say in Gemini, will act differently maybe a little bit because there is a that it breaks down that Gemini moon a little bit more. And in this particular uh, nashakra, it's called Migshra, and it is an uh, archetypal symbol for it is the deer, the deer head. So it's sort of that energy of the personality that's curious, that's always searching. And this particular pada is the third pada, and relates to uh, um, communications and relationships, and it, and it high, and especially business. And so uh, that's why, you know, it brings it kind of back to full circle what we were talking about earlier on with the, the lover's card and, and those, um, the Sabian symbol, archetypal symbols for this. So it kind of just kind of, you know, just again um, validates what we're seeing in the Western chart. It's so beautiful. And I know earlier, let's see, what do we have for the next slide? Um, Oh, okay. There is our YouTube channel playlist, but back to this, it really brings home that idea that you were talking about the energy between series. That is the, how we, claim our grief and how we give ourselves nurturing and sustenance across from it's that t-square that we were talking about with the sun and the moon that we're really learning to to nurture ourselves and and with the universe you know not just to be the victim but to take because neptune can have that everything's okay who cares you know just let it go but no to take accountability I think a lot of that is this, that we make our choices. We can build our new world. You know, it's one choice at a time, right? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Well, it's always a real treasure exploring these archetypes with you both, these metaphysical wonders. And I I know that for our audience, we we appreciate you so much. Do subscribe. We have things in the offerings, and we would love to present it to you. And we thank you so much. So it was great being here, with everybody. Next month, yeah. Thank yeah. you. I love listening. We will love discussing this with both of you. Oh, yes, new treasures. Okay, well, parting must begin, and I suppose to begin again, right? Okay. Till soon. 
Thank you for joining us on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests connect soul growth patterns with the energetic cycles of astrology. Be sure to tune in next Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway. 